This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we break down districts five and six, week in, week out. Brandon Bainey, joined by Sean Kane. Uh, you might notice, uh, maybe I sound a little differently if you're tuning in this week. Uh, all of my podcast gear that I normally use uh, was stripped for parts. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I did have to take my podcast gear, though, and give it to somebody to use during an actual broadcast on IdahoSports.com. I don't know if you heard this or not, Sean, but last week during the opening round of the football playoffs, we did 22 of the 29 possible first-round playoff games, which is pretty pretty remarkable. Unreal. Just an unreal amount of games. It was, it was a busy night, huh? <laughs> yes, and you know, there's just as many quarterfinal games, 24 quarterfinal matchups taking place around the state of Idaho. We are currently projected to broadcast 18 of 24. Again, that's pretty, pretty good uh, for the for a small Idaho business like IdahoSports.com. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, football wasn't the only thing going on. There was cross-country uh, action to talk about as well. Um so let's let's start with cross country. It all took place up in um, up in Lewiston, uh, where we had a lot of records set. You know, especially at the five A level. Um, in terms of you know five A highlights, it really was you know Post Falls, Rocky Mountain, Boise. They kind of had all of the the accolades there. At the four A competition, though, Sean. No surprise. Neela Roberts of Skyline. She's a junior. She won the 4A state title in both her freshman and sophomore years. She wins again in her junior season. She is three for three in cross-country titles. I, I mean, we run out of things to say about her because she's so <laughs> phenomenal, but Neela Roberts does it again. Yeah, no surprise there. The favorite going in, and she did really well. And I mean, we talked about this at the end of last year. Just East Idaho excels in the distant running. Um, man, when it, when it comes to those 800s and cross country, East Idaho is a little better than some of the other places. You know, I don't want to go crazy, but <laughs> because not only did we win, um, girls, uh, Matthew Thomas of Blackfoot also was the individual champion for boys in four A's. So two teams from the same conference in East Idaho, bringing back the number one spots. Yeah, and both of those outstanding in their own way. So Neela Roberts now with three state titles in a row. Uh, she is just one of eight runners all time since cross country became an official IHSAA sport in 1974 um, to win three individual titles. So one of eight. Think about that rare company. It's uh, there's there's not many, and you and you you know what you see a lot of times is. They win it. the The students win it when they're younger, and then have a harder time winning it when they're older. Because usually freshmen can just run for days, um, so to continue that up um, as you go through, become an upperclassman is just a phenomenal feat. Yeah, and then you mentioned Matt Thomas, the uh, great runner from Blackfoot. That was a pretty interesting, and, and really to wrap up the four eight girls side, um, Neela Skyline teammate Marina Renna was pushing her the whole way, as was Bailey Bird of Pocatello. So East Idaho runners doing really well on the girls' side. Um, and then, yeah, Matt Thomas of Blackfoot runs a sub-15 time, 14-47-61. That's a personal best 
which is a breaking 15 minutes is unheard of. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. And I didn't want to get too far away from girls because also Preston won the girls title overall, too. So, like I said, East Idaho did pretty well as far as uh, running long distances this fall. Yeah, you're correct. So the Preston girls did win the the team title um, and and won it in in pretty dominant fashion, like like we thought they would. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Matt Thomas runs the sub fifteen time, and then when we get down to the three A runners, uh, Sugar Salem comes out and competes pretty well. You know, coming in, Brett Hill, the veteran coach, was you know kind of like, yeah, we we could contend, but you know, there's a lot of good teams out there, and then uh, Sugar Salem ends up winning again. Yeah, no surprise there and um it, they had a they have a pretty cool tradition if you win you have to jump into lake quarter lane and so i i believe that coach I, there was a video of him jumping into the lake so it was a little chilly <laughs> yeah so let's I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and share that uh show it up here on the screen this is from the sugar salem xc instagram account you know me i'm always after finding these little things so definitely so let's let's pull this up this is gonna be uh okay so here's the video this is a tradition for coaches to jump in lake Coeur d'Alene when a team wins in the north and he doesn't just jump in he he gives them a little black backflip action boom so there you go uh he did a backflip into lake court lane that's a tradition when they win a title up north for uh for the coach to to do a, that jump into the freezing cold water so brent hill by the way from sugar salem that is his 51st career title in both track and field and cross country which again is just remarkable unreal yeah pretty crazy to think about so um congratulations to Sugar Salem uh, for winning on the uh, winning on the boys side. So um, pretty pretty impressive stuff there at the uh, at the three A level, um, and then uh, at the two A level, you know we didn't have any uh, team titles there, but um, or actually we did. Sorry, we did for <laughs> girls. Yes, so yes, Springs, yes. and they've won it like probably 15 or 20 times too they're up yeah. there i believe they're one of their coaches won like 10 years in a row or something it was unreal yeah so soda is now on 15 girls cross country state championships they took second place the past two years they're back on top of the perch so congratulations to the cardinal girls as well winning the 2a title for soda Springs. so that's uh and if you want to see everything that happened in um state cross country uh marlo herford had a great recap of everything that happened at state over the weekend it's on the homepage at idahosports.com all right let's move on to volleyball where hey we've been talking about it all year madison your 5a volleyball champs uh, we talked about skyview moving down to 4a which kind of opened this void and the madison bobcats take advantage they defeat timberline timberline kind of got on a hot streak uh, at the end there and got on a cinderella run but madison uh, ends up taking first place congrats to the bobcats
Sorry about that, Sean. I lost my uh, headphone audio for a second there. So let me get everything plugged back in. Um, go ahead and talk for me. Oh, man, I can't hear you at all. This is going to be really interesting podcasting. Um, okay. I'm sure you said some really insightful stuff. Let's move on to uh, what happened in the 4A ranks where Skyview was your champion, but Century came through and battled back and got third place. Not bad for the number seven seed overall, according to Max Preps. Congrats to the Diamondbacks for taking third. Hey, talk again for me, Sean. Hello? Yes. Okay, I can hear you again finally. Okay. I have no I was, idea. I was just saying uh, Columbia took a set from Skyview, and it was the only team in Idaho to take a set from Skyview all year, maybe in a couple of years or something. But, yeah, Century did a really good job. I thought Century's rating wasn't a good rep of them, and that's where it always kind of makes me wonder about Max Preps because Century played all these really, really good teams and they didn't beat them and they didn't have a great record but they played rigby they played madison they played thunder ridge they played highland uh they played a lot of big bigger schools and it, i don't know how I, you know it didn't help the rating but they did a good job because canyon ridge hadn't lost they'd only lost two matches i think the whole year no one match yeah. one match all year until that first round that was a five setter um and it was just a great a great match yeah, let's jump down to two-way volleyball where Westside and Malad played for like the 50 millionth time in the opening round at, at State 2A. Uh, Malad won that game. So Westside got bumped to the loser's bracket right away and battled all the way back, Sean, to get back to the championship where they fell to Melba. But congratulations to Westside for battling all the way back and taking second place. That's incredible. Yeah, just... Yeah, and, and Malad had to play a, a or Malad had to play in a playing game, and then Westside, and they kept just saying how they kept playing, you know, so many different times, but kind of crazy how they end up playing what two times just at state. So, and then they played a bunch during the year. Wow, just amazing. Yeah, I think they played three times at districts, twice in the regular season, twice at state. Why not? <laughs> um, so <laughs> they're West really familiar. <laughs> Yes, definitely. So Westside took second, and Ryrie took third place. Congratulations to the Bulldogs uh, from Ryrie, McKinley Bond and company. Uh, really good team up there from Ryrie, and they ended up taking third. So congrats to the Bulldogs as well. Um, okay, and then 182. It was this big showdown. Rockland, Horseshoe Bend. Horseshoe Bend ends up winning, but that doesn't take anything away from what was a fantastic season by Rockland and head coach Suzanne Wilson. Um, they just, I mean, Horseshoe Bend's really good, like good enough to like compete against like 4A schools. Good. So yeah. Rockland's got no shame. No, not at all. Yeah. So congratulations to Rockland on a very outstanding season. Uh, they take second place at the 1A D2 meet. All right. You ready to talk football, Sean? Uh, there's football going on. <laughs> right. Falls are for Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, let's start in the 4A classification. I feel like that's where the most 
exciting game involving a team from East Idaho took place. And of course, it's the game that we were at on Friday night, Pocatello and Lakeland. Um, Pocatello leads this game 17-14 at halftime, but really Lakeland jumped out to a 14-3 lead, Sean, and then Riken Echohawk scores on a seven-yard touchdown run. Um, Pokey's lining up for the extra point. Lakeland gets called for for running into the kicker. So Pokey gets to kick off from Lakeland's 45. And, and this was a move that you loved during the broadcast, Sean. Yeah. Head coach Dave Spillett decides to go for the onside kick and gets it. Yeah, the kicker, uh, Keller, uh, kicks it to himself, picks it up and gets it. And I mean, really, that was kind of the game because they go down, get a field goal and yeah, and then and then the big story of that game too is Lakeland couldn't hold on to the ball, three fumbles, and just kind of were their own worst enemy. Not only with the fumbles, but they had a lot of penalties in the red zone as well. Yeah, they they had some drives that they just came up short on. So yeah, so so Pokey's down fourteen to three. Echo Hawk gets the touchdown. They're fourteen ten. They get the onside kick uh, just before halftime. Uh, Hunter May finds Crew Hales for a twenty five oh, yeah. yard touchdown, and that's where seventeen fourteen at halftime. The only points that came in the second half were very early on in the third quarter. Garrett Keller hit a little chip shot field goal, and that that gave Pokey the 2014 lead they needed. You mentioned Lakeland fumbled the ball three times. Once they were they were marching, they were like at inside the five, and and John Cornish uh, fumbles at the two yard line for Lakeland, and, and Pocatello recovers. Otherwise, you know Lakeland probably scores there and takes a one point lead. So Pocatello's defense came up with some huge takeaways. Crew Hale said one of the fumble recoveries. He was our IdahoSports.com player of the game because of that and his receiving touchdown. And so uh, for Pocatello, congratulations, an ugly win, but a win for the Thunder. <laughs> now the test a little more difficult this week, Sean. They've got to go to number one seeded Bishop Kelly. Now Pocatello beat BK in the quarterfinals a year ago. The difference was that game was in Holt Arena. This one will be at BK Friday night. Yeah, and I – I went and watched some, I hadn't watched any BK and I went and watched some BK this, this week. And the man there, that's a good team. And, you know, they've got years and years of coaching experience. They're usually one of the best coach teams. Um, I'm sure it's a rematch Bishop Kelly's looking for. I'm not sure if it's the rematch Pocatello's looking for. It's going to be a tough, tough game to go up there and beat this BK team that runs the ball. I would say as good as any, football team in idaho like period yeah second week in a row lakeland was a run heavy team bishop kelly is going to be a run heavy team as well so pocatillo's got to take advantage of the possessions that it gets because it could be another low possession type game uh the second biggest story from 4a and maybe the second biggest story you know from east idaho football in the opening round was shelly going on the road and and blasting just blasting Emmett. Shelly goes and wins 37 to 13. Nate Nelson was the Idaho sports.com player of the game. He scored on three short QB sneaks. Um, they also had, uh, you know, Riker Klinger scored a touchdown on the ground. Uh, Nelson threw a touchdown pass to Michael Clegg. And we've talked about this all year, Sean. Shelly is a team that is better than their record indicates. They've been in some close losses. They played a very difficult schedule and it seems like it's coming together at the right time for Coach Josh Wells and the Russets. Yeah, I was going to say Josh Wells um, has got that team playing at the right times, I think, at the right moments. And when you have that kind of combination when it comes to playoff time, you know, anything can happen. But I, like I said, I was kind of surprised by that scoreline, too. I think, you know, we kind of thought it was going to be a hard game. But, you know, Shelly traveled. Didn't they travel to Boise and play? 
a game this year too. So Shelly's kind of already had that kind of planned in and had that kind of scenario. They went and traveled and played. So, you know, I, I didn't think about that until after, but that, you know, that was a good idea for them to have that experience. And I think it paid off because they were able to go all the way up to Emmett and come home with a big victory. Yeah, they went all the way to Albertson Stadium at, at BSU Boise State uh, early on in the season to play Star Valley, Wyoming. So you're right, that, that really did pay dividends. But now uh, they're going to go really far. <laughs> yeah, now they got to go all the way up north to Sandpoint. This is a rematch of the quarterfinal round last year where Shelley kind of pushed Sandpoint for a half, and then the Bulldogs kind of wore out the russets as the game went on. Of course, Sandpoint has a great defense, um, and they can run the ball too. Um, but you know, if Shelly can take care of the football, you know, I think they've got a chance. Yeah. It's, I, I think again, it's like a possession, right? If Shelly has more possessions and controls that the clock and limits what Sandpoint can do as far as having the ball in offense, I think they're, they can be really in any game, just the way they play. Yeah, definitely. And then we had uh rematch rematch central from district six. You had Hillcrest yeah. and Bonneville meeting up again and, and, or excuse me, Hillcrest and Blackfoot, and then Bonneville and Skyline. Um, so Hillcrest, Blackfoot, this was interesting, Sean. They were playing, and, you know, midway through the second quarter, it's like 7-3 to three. Blackfoot, kind of a tight game. And then in a three-minute span, Jackson Grimmett hits Javante King for a seven-yard touchdown. Hillcrest gets the ball, so, so then they're up. 14-3. Hillcrest gets the ball. Peyton King drops back the pass. He gets sacked by Traden Henderson, fumbles the football. Steven Sanders recovers the fumble for Blackfoot. That leads to a nine-yard touchdown run by Jackson Grimmett, 21-3 Blackfoot. Then the Broncos get an onside kick and recover it, and then Grimmett hits King again for a 10-yard touchdown. And like three minutes later, it went from 7-3 Blackfoot to 28-3 Blackfoot, and it was pretty much over at that point. Yeah, just kind of interesting game because we talked about it. You, I don't, I didn't want to be, I wouldn't want to play Hillcrest in the playoffs, and they were kind of holding Blackfoot. But that's, I mean, what do you do when you score that many points in three minutes? I mean, I don't think you got a game plan for that. Jeez, that's tough. Yeah, and that's that's what makes Blackfoot so frustrating is that they have that potential, right? And they don't, they don't always, the potential isn't always realized, but. Here we are again in the playoffs and Blackfoot playing their best football when it matters most. They did this last year where they had kind of an up and down regular season and then they got all the way to the semifinals. Certainly could be in the cards again, especially because now, Sean, uh, Blackfoot coming off that that uh, victory over Hillcrest 35-17, they traveled to Minico on Friday night. Sean, this is a game that you're going to be at along with Scott Burton on IdahoSports.com and this is a Minico team that's a little vulnerable. I mean, they needed overtime to escape Valley View 20 to 14 in a game in which Valley View was missing its best player. Yeah, that's I, you know, I went back and watched that game and because I couldn't believe that score line. I, I, I remember being like it was going to overtime and yeah, it was kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, Valley View's got um, Lane uh, Coffin. Uh, he Coffee. used to coach it. Yeah, he used yeah. to coach at Century. They've got a really good staff. A lot of the Century staff still talk to him, and they had a good game plan. They talked to them about you know playing Minico, and uh, so they had a good game plan going in there, and it and, and they almost got it. But the real interesting thing about that game, it's the overtime. It's value. Uh, Minico scored. It's valuable. Value's uh, turn with the ball, and the value quarterback just gets hammered, sacked, and. 
the backup quarterback comes in for the last play of the game and has the has the pass to his receiver, but it's just out of bounds. And so that was a crazy um, events at the end of that game. But yeah, I I kind of thought Minico would roll in that game, but you know Minico had the demons of losing to Valley View last year, and uh, and you know we've been to Minico. It, it's an interesting place to play, and I think that's good for it'll be home for them, but. Both these teams, I you know, I don't know. <laughs> sometimes you would say both these teams could be in the championship, and then sometimes you're kind of like, oh, I don't know. So it should be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a very defensive versus offensive game. Minico has a great linebacking core, and their defense is outstanding and really can limit that passing attacks. Uh, and we know Blackfoot with Javante King um, has that passing attack. So I, I think it's going to be a, like a big defensive-offensive battle. Yeah, whoever wins in the trenches, I think wins this game because uh, Minico, uh, you know, their their weakness, quote unquote, defensively is the secondary. We know Blackfoot's got the receivers. Can the old line give Jackson Grimman enough time against that front seven of Minico? And then conversely, we know Minico loves to pound the ball in that wing tee. Can Blackfoot's front seven really stop the run and force Minico to pass more than they would like to? Whoever wins the battle of the trenches, I think wins this game, but it will be close. You are correct. And then, you know, the game that had the least amount of drama was Skyline hosting Bonneville Friday night in Holt Arena. Uh, Bonneville, of course, had that epic 16-13 win over Skyline in the regular season. Best to, uh, what do they say, don't poke the bear, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it last week. We knew it was, it, it's hard to beat a, t- a team like Skyline twice. I think if you get one win over them in the course of a season, you're pretty fortunate, you know, they're, they're the defending champions for a reason. They know what it takes in playoff football. Yeah. So Skyline wins 42, nothing. Uh, Lachlan Hackey was the Idaho sports.com player of the game. 11 of 12 passing. He only missed on one pass, 158 yards, four touchdowns. And then he had 76 yards rushing as well. Skyline playing their best football at the right time. They are back in Holt arena on Saturday at four o'clock. They will host twin falls. Um, and I like I like Skyline in that matchup. Sean, could we see an all East Idaho Final Four? Um, uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, the odds are in our favor. I mean, with the amount of numbers, we've got the most teams, really, right? I mean, all all four would have to win, right? Pokey, yeah. Blackfoot, Skyline, no one's playing each other, so right, and Shelley, so. Pokey will have the most difficult time, I think, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen crazier things before. So yeah, I mean, we I kind of felt like Bishop Kelly, you know, ha, would win last year against Pocatello, and Pocatello came out, came out with a great game plan and was able to take down Bishop Kelly. So I wouldn't put it past them. They've played a few. They've played, I think, like in the first or second round of the playoffs, like the last three or four years. So they're pretty familiar with playing each other in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, all right. Let, let's jump up to five A now. Let's talk about. Rigby was hosting a The Trojans get a 49 to 14 victory. Uh, Luke Flowers uh, had 312 yards and five touchdowns. Our Idaho sports.com player of the game was Cade Steffler, who hauled in two of those touchdowns from Flowers. Uh, Cohen Peck, Brady Packer, Brevin Larson also caught touchdowns for Rigby. Uh, we talked about the Trojans. Uh, he was walking into the lion's den, so to speak. And, and now Rigby gets uh, a pretty interesting matchup. They've got to they've got to hit the road to take on Eagle, a Mustangs team that had a bye last week. I'll be honest, I kind of like Rigby in this matchup, despite them being the road team. Yeah, I think 
I think Eagle is, is has been better in in some different years, and I think this Rigby team is just just really really good at all facets of the game. And I don't think traveling really makes a difference to them. But you know, it's I know Rigby's always got a kind of a kind of a chip on their shoulder against Eagle, right, from that championship game a couple years ago. So. Uh, Coach Armando is going to be ready for that game. I bet you. <laughs> yeah, and I just Eagles defense has been leaky at times this year, and I think Rigby's offense can really exploit that. So I do. I like the Trojans to go on the road and beat Eagle, and then Highland gets the first round by. They're inside Holt Arena Friday night at five thirty. They will host Mountain View. Mountain View, after losing to Nampa in the regular season, shut out the Bulldogs forty-four to nothing. Uh, last Friday night, I still like Highland here. Mountain View's offense has had a hard time getting points despite that 44 nothing win last week. That was really the first time they've really broken out. Um, Highland's defense is so strong, and I, I like the Rams inside Holt. Yeah, I'm definitely the Rams in the Holt Arena. I, Mountain View's just kind of not – it's kind of been a win, weird team this year, I, I kind of think, and uh, I like Highland there as well. Yeah, so good luck to the Rams on Friday night. Um, let's go to 3A football where we had um, Teton played Marsh Valley Friday night. Now, this was a wild game in the regular season these two played, and Teton escaped 42-41. Wild game, went down to the wire. This time, Teton's like, all right, <laughs> let's let's make it a little easier on ourselves. They went 56-13. to Jack Nelson, 14 of 20. 295 yards, four touchdowns. He also had 73 yards rushing on just six carries. Um, Bradley Belknap led Marsh Valley as he has all year, had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. Um, so for Marsh Valley, their season comes to an end. And for Teton, Teton just keeps on, 7-2. Yep. and two. <laughs> um, And they get Buell, which I think that's probably one of the most interesting matchups in the second round for sure is, is yeah. that Teton-Buell. Because I get a lot of questions because – they're like you, you know. They, you went and saw Teton, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what's with Teton? Because they're kind of all over the place with kind of their their outcomes of their games, and because everyone was kind of surprised, they kind of laid down the wood on Marsh Valley. And I just think Teton is is got a lot of just kind of grit, and 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 they can go in and win a game um, when the chips are down. I think. Yeah, Buell. Uh, name of the game for them is defense. Certainly, they won twelve to six in their playoff <laughs> opener last week. Um, and, and Teton, of course, has that explosive offense. Um, it, I, I don't know. I'm lean. My gut is telling me to lean Buell, not for any particular reason. Uh, Teton fans are going to let me have it, which is fine. <laughs> I'm good with that. This is a close game, though. I think it really could go either way. But for some reason, my gut is telling me to lean Buell. Uh, South Fremont played Kimberly on Saturday. This was a Kimberly offense that has, they have an offense kind of like Tetons where, you know, it's pretty routine. They're putting up 40, even 50 points in a game. And South Fremont said, uh, yeah, we're going to shut that down. And they get a 48 to 14 win. It was pretty impressive. Bryce Johnson, he's just a sophomore quarterback for South Fremont. I don't know if people have realized that or not, but he's a young guy. Yeah, He, he was the IdahoSports.com player of the game. He had uh, a pair of short touchdown runs, also threw a touchdown to Colby Clark. Hadley Hill had two touchdowns. Hunter Hobbs had a touchdown. And Preston Stoddard, I don't know how many kicks he's taken back for touchdowns. It's it's at least three. He returned a kickoff 90 yards for a touchdown for South Fremont in the win as well. So the coup, so our our <laughs> our suspicions are confirmed. East Idaho had a lot of really good 3A football teams this year. Yeah, there's been no doubt, right? And then 
and then the the elephant in the room right sugar salem just kind of you know the shark in the water and you know i i you know i think uh in homedale and weezer are good teams too but man i the the bracket sure set up well i think for sugar salem yes uh so yes so south fremont wins they now have to hit the road to play homedale friday night in homedale at seven o'clock that will be a tall order for the Cougars. Homedale, of course, has uh, Jackson Dines at quarterback, Trenton Fisher, the running back. That's a really tough one-two combo to stop. They've always got good offensive linemen. Um, but we talked about this a couple weeks ago. In terms of game planning, I've had several people tell me nobody's better at crafting a game plan than Chad Hill, the head coach at South Fremont. So I'd be very interested to see what kind of game plan he kind of comes up with uh, to try and shut down Homedale, so to speak. Uh, and then you mentioned Sugar Salem. They are going to host, they had a bye. They are going to host Fruitland on Friday night at Madison High School at 6 p.m. Fruitland went to Snake River um, and uh, quote-unquote upset the Panthers by a final score of 27 to 14. This is one that I had predicted. Snake River, to me, um, was a team that was good, but not necessarily great. And I thought Fruitland got better competition this year overall playing with Homedale and Weezer, yeah. and I thought Fruitland had a pretty decent shot. Um, Snake River season comes to an end with a six and three record. Danny Ray threw two touchdown passes in the loss. So um, for Snake River, not able to defend their home field, but still a nice season. Yep, definitely. And and then all those nice things I said about Fruitland doesn't matter against Sugar. They're they're going down. I mean, yeah, just... <laughs> I I just don't. Yeah, you just they're they're hitting it on all parts the defense the offense they're it's going to be a hard you're going to have to the only one who i see beating sugar is maybe sugar right if they have something internally go wrong or just have a bad day but you're going to have to be ready to go to take them down yeah uh 2a football we talked about um this was going to be the most competitive you know postseason field i thought and then he had three blowouts west side beats cole valley 61 14 aberdeen beats saint mary's 52 to 8 north fremont beats soda springs 60 to 30 um west side 463 yards of total offense they've got this three-headed monster uh in the backfield uh parker moser crusade easton shirtlift each of them scored three times in that win over cole valley christian Pirates are eight and one. They are quote unquote uh, the visiting team Friday night inside Holt Arena as they take on Declo. Uh, that will be actually that's a game Saturday inside Holt Arena at 11 a.m. It's the first game of the day on Saturday. Um, I, I like Westside in that matchup over Declo. Oh yeah, I, uh, Westside is. I think everyone, I, I don't know, forgot, but maybe, I, I don't know if you really forget Westside, but they're, that's a really good team and they'll, they'll be, they'll be good. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll be just fine. Um, Aberdeen beats St. Mary's 52 to eight. Brody Beck was the Idaho sports.com player of the game threw three touchdown passes, rushed for two more scores. Marshall Elliott had a pick six for Aberdeen on defense. Um, the Tigers are six and three. They're rolling. They will travel to Melba Friday night, six o'clock. This is two teams that love to run the football. This game is starting at six. It could be over by seven thirty. Sean, <laughs> we say that, but then it never does. But um, right. yeah, uh, yeah. That I, I mean, Aberdeen is just having a phenomenal season, and I. I you know I don't know a ton about Melba, so uh, I'll just I'm gonna go with Aberdeen. 
Melba pretty routinely puts up 400 plus rushing yards per game. Um, Cash Buse is their quarterback. He's usually pretty efficient. Gabe Schaefer is their top running back. The question I have is, is what kind of competition did Melba see this year, right? The district three was a little weaker this year. We all know that because they're the only team left from district three. Aberdeen's Aberdeen's more battle tested. So um, you got West side, you got Bear Lake. Um, and then obviously North Fremont, North Fremont. That's the matchup. I'm really, I'm looking at North (laughs) Fremont, Fremont and Firth. That's going to be a game. I think. (laughs) Yes. Um, so, so Aberdeen, it wouldn't surprise me if Aberdeen goes on the road to beat Melba, especially if they can get a takeaway or two on defense. I just don't, I don't know what kind of competition Melba has played this year. And I know, I know what Aberdeen has played. And so I I do kind of like the Tigers on the road there. And then yes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, at the end of the day, Aberdeen has probably played whoever wins the championship pretty close during the regular season. I would, I'd feel confident saying that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like or they, they could win the championship themselves. Yes, yes. Right? Certainly. Um, okay, and then let's talk about this. North Fremont beat Soda 60-30. to 30. Um, They did their thing on the ground. I mean, very first play, Carson Packer takes it 60 yards for a touchdown. He had 246 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Angel Romero had 107 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Our Idaho sports.com player of the game was Hank Richardson. He's a big 6'4", 230, just jackhammer. Five sacks, and he had a 35-yard scoop and score. Fumble return for a <laughs> touchdown. That's awesome, that. right? Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's uh, I like I like always the kind of not the normal player of the games. I like the kickers and the linemen and things like that. I like that, so that's great. Yeah, and and yet, you know, Soda did hang tough for a half. Trey Stevens had uh, three touchdown passes, ran for a fourth score for the Cardinals. So Soda Springs, despite that three and seven record, had a very good season in what was a very competitive conference. So yeah, they had one of the hardest schedules. I would Soda Springs if they gave out like the most improved or I don't know some sort of award like that. That would be the team that would come to mind immediately for me. Definitely. And so you've got this matchup uh, Friday night in Holt Arena, 8-15. This will be the late game Friday night. North Fremont taking on Firth. Firth, of course, won the regular season matchup. I kind of like North Fremont in the rematch. It's hard to beat the same team twice in one year. I don't know. Am I crazy, Sean? Man, I, you know, the, the reason I would like Firth is I really like their quarterback. And I feel like when the game kind of gets crazy and maybe it's close and you have some intangibles, I really like first quarterback. Um, Gage Vasquez. Yeah. Yep. I really like him. He's just kind of a crafty guy. So I can't, I'm kind of leaning towards Firth just because I like him, but that's not really a, a, a great reason. I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> well, I mean, they're both so evenly matched. I mean, that that is going to be the game of the week, I think, in the entire state, in my opinion, Firth and North Fremont. And then you got Bear Lake just hanging out as the number one overall seed. They had a bye. They're going to host Kellogg Friday night in Bear Lake at 6 o'clock. Uh, they're going to make Kellogg try to bring that passing attack uh, to the cold outside. I just I like Bear Lake here, personally. Yeah. Bear Lake, I, what I like is Bear Lake is really good at running, but they can throw the ball when they need to. And I think that makes just kind of the world of difference in some of these games. If most of these teams all, I won't say most, all these teams have really good running games. And if you're able to kind of get those passes in there, man, you're just, you're dangerous. Maybe the most underrated 2A player, Bryson Crane for Bear Lake. Great receiver, um, tall, 
makes all the tough catches. Nobody ever talks about him. Bryson Crane is phenomenal for Bear Lake. Um, all right, let's talk about eight-man football. We had Butte County host Lapway on Saturday. They won pretty easily, 72 to 28. Uh, Trayton Allen was the Idaho Sports.com player of the game. Um, he rushed for 157 yards and three touchdowns. Butte County as a team rushed for 438 yards, so they looked good. They have to hit the road to play Kamii on Friday night in Kamii, a long trip, but I kind of like Butte County here. Yeah, Butte County, Butte County is like a six seed. I think we kind of talked about it. they're kind of like they've just kind of had that season where you you feel you just kind of feel like they're going to make some noise and kind of just come up with something um, that you weren't expecting. Yeah, and then Grace had the first round by. Uh, they are now going to host Raft River in Holt Arena on Saturday night at six thirty. This will be the late game Saturday night in Holt Arena, um, and I. I Grace fans are going to hate me for this, but I saw Raft River in person last week and they are finally healthy. They had been missing some key players. They got those guys back and Raft River at full strength is a tough team to contend with there. They've been to the championship two years in a row. I just, I, I like Raft River based upon what I saw with my eyes last week. Um, Grace is going to have to play really well to get that win. Yeah, I, I would agree. Raft River, like you said, I, I remember them last year and, they're always just they're just a really good team. So that'll that'll be a tough they're what what their ranking number seven is very deceiving to me for oh, yeah. Raft River. So that's like you that's not a seven, that's like a three or a two typically normally in in, in the playoffs. So definitely. Um so yeah, Grace fans are gonna rake me over the coals. Uh <laughs> who else have I upset this week in fan Teton? Uh I'll I'll come back and wear it if I'm wrong about all this stuff, of course. Okay, and then one AD two football. Um, you had Water Springs in action against Camas County. The Warriors fall 66-32. Drew Plocker still did his thing where, you know, he had 222 yards, three touchdowns passing, rushed for 146 yards as well. But the, war the Warriors just didn't have the firepower to keep up with Camas County, so their season comes to an end. And then you've got Rockland. They had the first round bye, and now they've got a very difficult quarterfinal matchup with Dietrich. Uh, this will be inside Holt Arena on saturday afternoon um i kind of like dietrich in this matchup um rockland is going to have to score a ton of points to try and keep up with this blue devils offense yeah it's gonna if it's if it's dietrich's it's gonna be like a shootout right so if you don't keep up you're gonna be it's hard to get stops i mean i think you know if rockland come up with some stops and keep you know them dietrich from scoring they might be in it but it's can you come up with those stops yeah it's gonna be uh, an interesting game Nonetheless, <clears throat> excuse me. And if you want to see all the games that we're broadcasting this weekend on IdahoSports.com, just click on the game streams tab on the homepage. That'll show you the full broadcast schedule. All right, Sean, we did it. We got through all of that fall sports activity from here on out. It's just going to be, you know, we'll talk swimming next week, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, it's, it's football. From, from there until, you know, we get into winter sports a little, season. So. A little basketball, a little wrestling. Yeah. They did have a uh, girls basketball tryouts started this week. So that's yep. all, that's all rolling. Not ready for it, but here we <laughs> are. So, all right, Sean, have fun Friday night covering Blackfoot in Minico. Um, should be a, a great game and I can't wait to tune in and see it. So yeah. I'll try to not make any mistakes. Since <laughs> since you didn't want to be with me this week, so that's what the viewers need to know. Brandon is sick of me 
being at his side, so they've they've sent me to the Magic Valley. Sorry, Isaido. But Black, you, but Blackfoot's there, you know, so I'm representing that. That's the biggest <laughs> reason I sent you was to, to have a little East Idaho perspective on the broadcast. I'm so. just joking. But we went to Minico. I think it's it's one of the best games. I think in 4A for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be good. I'm I'm excited uh, uh, to see to see what happens there for sure. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. So, all right. Thanks for tuning into the East Idaho Prepcast, everybody. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.